Give him a praise this morning. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing.
has saved my soul. Amen. And now your freedom is all that I know. Listen. The old man.
First Corinthians 11th chapter Apostle Paul said in the 23rd verse for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it take and said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me and after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying the cup, this cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as often, as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Why am I reading that? Especially for that last verse. As many times... As you have taken communion, as many times as you've taken that little piece of bread and you take that little drink of that juice that's representative of his blood, as many times as you do that, you're remembering what Jesus did for you at Calvary. And I want that specially told today because I want you to hear that Jesus Christ paid a price for you. And I want that to be the, the message that I'm going to talk about today but I want you to hear this, and that's why we're going to take communion. I never got one, Steve. <laughs> I could drink this water, but let me get one. Thank you, sir. I'll go back and read 24. And before we do, let's have a prayer. And when we pray... Pray for your own personal soul between you and God. Say, Lord, I want to take this because I know the story. You died for me. And Jesus knows if you surrendered your life to him. So I want you to take it knowing that he's looking on. It's between you and him. Okay? Let's pray. Precious Lord, I love you. I thank you. God, again, and I ask, Lord, that you would search through this crowd. Lord, you've looked beyond our faults and saw our needs all of our life. You've been so good to us, Lord. And, Lord, we're blessed to know who you are, Lord, to be sitting like the Gadarean, sitting in our right mind, Lord, knowing, dear God, that you made a change in our life. We love you. We give you praise for this day. Help us, Lord, this very hour to take this communion, Lord, remembering what you have done. We're not ashamed to tell the whole world, Lord, that Jesus died for our sins, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. You can take the bread. Next verse, 25. And after the same manner also, he took the cup, 
And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink the cup. I want you to hear something. You can do this every day of your life. That doesn't save you. Can I, can I say it clear? That doesn't make you go to heaven. You have to come and bring your life to Christ. You have to surrender to him. This is a personal thing. Jesus died. If it had just been you, he died just for you. You have to take it personal because that's what he came for. Praise God. I thank you. If you just want to lay them by you there or let, if they come by, it's all right. But I want to go on if I can. I appreciate all the singers. I appreciate all the players. I appreciate all the beautiful songs today. I believe God gives us the, uh, the things that we need for each time that we come into this house. And I believe that we should all pray and seek his face. And I believe that Sue and all of the singers and all of those that came, I thank you that you think about what am I going to sing for the Lord. I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for my for my glory and I doing it for pats on the back it doesn't get me to heaven if I do good works what gets me to heaven is knowing Christ is my savior coming to a place where I know who he is coming to a place where I accept him and that is what I want to kind of talk to you today about it was said the other night God said it I believe through Maria talking but it talks about faith, and it says a little bit of faith of something that God does personal for you, Christian. Listen to me. You can pray about something, and it can be something real simple. It can be something of saying, I'm confused and lost my keys, and God helped me find my keys. It can be a very simple thing, but when God answers the prayer, it's personal. How many knows what I'm saying? Uh, it can be, uh, can I tell you, can I say something that don't sound, what you sound like I'm, you know, I've been a 20-something years since I bought a, a truck. And I bought, we bought a truck this week. And can I tell you something? The only thing I could think of was, I come here Thursday night, we had just purchased it Wednesday, but we didn't get it till Friday. But when I came here Thursday night, I looked around at the, the brothers and sisters in Christ, and they've been praying, listen to me, they've been praying for me and Shirley that the door would open because the doors was not opening. It was almost like the enemy says, you ain't going to buy them because we're not going to open the door for you. But I believe God answered prayer, not for just a little old truck. You know what? That truck's going to be here when I'm gone home. And you know what? It ain't nothing but a bill. And if you don't want a bill, don't get one. Okay. But the real truth is, I seen what Jesus did in it. Can I tell you? I seen Jesus answer prayer through a little prayer of something. It might be material. It may not mean much to you. You might think that's something you shouldn't talk too much about. You know what? God answers little prayers. He answers big prayers. Sometimes your the prayer of healing someone is a great big prayer in your praying when you're praying for something. But can I tell you, sometimes when they go home, 
That's the answer to prayer also. Always know that the Lord knows where you're at in your heart. I want to talk to you a minute. In John, the first chapter, you don't have to turn there. I want you to turn to Isaiah 53, if you will. But in John, the first chapter, the 29th verse, John the Baptist, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming to him, and he said something, John the Baptist did. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. How many's ever read that? How many's ever heard that? I've heard it all my life. Behold, John said, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Who was he talking about? He was talking about Jesus. Jesus was coming to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John recognized who he was. John the Baptist recognized him. How many knows somebody paid our price? You know it and I know it. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. You can't do enough to go to heaven. There ain't nothing in you except for a fallen state. You're born into a sinful world and there's every one of us, including these little children, will come to the place as innocent as they are, they will come to the place where the enemy will knock on their door and they will answer the enemy. I'm sorry to tell you, some of you are beautiful people. Some of you grown up in church. But can I tell you something? You had to come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You have to know that he laid down his life and died for your sins. And you've got them too. There's none righteous. No, not one. All the way back in Isaiah 52, 53. 52 is where I'm going to start, the last three verses. But I'm going to touch into the 53rd just a little bit. This scripture stands out, was written years before Jesus ever came. And I want you to hear because it's Jesus' ministry. It's what Jesus came for. John said it, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Let me tell you something, he didn't just show up and say, okay, all sin's gone. No, he paid a dear price. And you're going to hear about his price he paid. So many times in the church, can I tell you, sometimes I look over at my wife and I say, you're just spoiled. And she'll say, you spoiled me. We are spoiled people sometimes. Sometimes we can look around and we can know that we're, we have just about, in America's blessed people. They seem to have a lot of things. Do they really appreciate it? Do they really know what they, God has done in this this country. It is not about how much you get. It's not about those things. I want you to understand that. I'm glad Jesus has great benefits. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that there is an eternity coming because you accept Jesus Christ? Isn't that beautiful? I would love to just talk to you about the resurrection and just tell you how wonderful all the benefits are to be a Christian. But I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you the price that it took our Savior. And can I tell you something? This ministry of Jesus was not about. It was not about the crown stuff. It was about the cross of what he paid for. Let me tell you, it happened on Good Friday. Connie said it. Connie on Good Friday, what it was. And he paid a price that no man had ever paid. No one had ever been suffered like Jesus suffered. Willingly he laid his life before them. 
They didn't know what they were doing. They were supposed to be looking for their Christ. They were supposed to be looking for him. But instead, they took him to a cross and hung him on a cross. And the devil thought he defeated him. But he hadn't. Little did the devil know he fell into the very trap that won our way to come back to God. Think about it. I want you to get a hold of the love of God in Christ. And I want you to get a hold of it till you fall in love with him. Because if you don't love Jesus, you're not going to serve him. Is that hard to say? If you don't love him, you're going to be half in and half out. Well, I want to go to heaven, so I don't want to go to hell, so I'll go to church and pay my tithes. And I can tell you right now, that's not what God's looking for. God's looking for a relationship. He loves you. You know, understand the deep love that he has for you and the love that he wants you to have for him. See, if it's about a relationship, then our heavenly father had a plan that we would become in a relationship with him. And that's his goal. His goal is not to set you in a mansion somewhere. That isn't his goal. His goal is not to just give you everything your little hearts desire. He knows how to bless you beyond your understanding. He'll bless you on, a, on the poorest day of your life. He will. Praise God. In the 52nd, I want you to look at verse 13. 52nd chapter of Isaiah, verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. That means wisely. How many knows Jesus dealt wisely with people? He didn't come rudely. He didn't come nasty. He didn't come with a whip and start whipping people into shape. No, he came wisely, carefully, and he reached out with his arms open. He didn't condemn, Tom. He didn't come to condemn he come that they might be saved. It says he dealt prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many as were as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Now, what did I get out of that? Listen to me. His they were astonished at him. They were astonished at Jesus. Why? They weren't astonished because he came riding on a white horse with a great sword in his hand. No, that wasn't where they were astonished that this king that they were waiting for was coming humbly before them and they had beat him. It was almost like Isaiah had a seat to sit and watch the crucifixion go on that week. How I many here's what I'm saying? Isaiah wrote this years before it ever happened, but it's like he's sitting and watching the whole thing happen, including them beating Christ. You know, you watch that film that they just showed part of, and we got to, we and Shirley tried to watch it the other night, got to the part where they were adding strap to a, a chain to a post, and they were going to begin to beat him. Shirley said, I can't watch it again. We watched it one time. Years ago, a few of us went when it first came out. But can I tell you, it's hard to watch. 
It's hard to watch that somebody would surrender their self and bear their cross for you and I. I want you to get a hold of that because nobody ever suffered like Jesus suffered. Nobody paid the price for you. And if you don't understand that, you know, sometimes we can look at our mothers and fathers, whether they had anything or had little, they gave their heart to their children. Most of them paid a price that sometimes we look around and say, well, mom was just like that. She just loved to give me everything. Dad just loved to pay for everything. Dad just loved to straighten everything out for me. That ain't what it's about. They truly have a love for their children. God had a great love. It was like he was sitting watching our Lord suffering on the cross. And when it says, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred. That means his appearance. It was so marred. You couldn't hardly tell it was him. They had beat him so bad. They had ripped his back open. They'd stuck a crown of thorns on and they would come by and hit him and it would drive those thorns down in his head. We don't like to talk about those things. No, let's talk about the benefits. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't fall in love with Jesus, you ain't going to understand what the benefits mean anyway. You're just going to compare them to what I can get in the world. And you know, somebody said it this morning, Connie, 80% of the people don't believe in God or so many people. And it used to be the other way around. All of the Christians used to outweigh what the world and America's doing. We used to outweigh that we believed in God and believed this Christian way. But now they've turned it. Why have they turned it? Because the world's given them what they want. They don't need to call on God. Technology gives you anything you want. Money gives you whatever you want. So why call on God? Why? Because God don't want us tied to this world. I'm not telling you walk around poor. I could, I could turn my truck back in. I could throw my TV out the window. I could do a lot of things, and I ain't telling nobody how to live. You work out your own salvation. But can I tell you something? I know what Jesus did was he gave his all. He gave his all to the Father's will. That's where me and you are. We're supposed to follow his example. I mean, knows what I'm saying. You're supposed to follow him. It goes on the next verse. Verse 15, the last one of 52, it says, So shall he sprinkle many nations, the kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard they shall consider. Did you know kings and, and uh, people that were in rulership, even Israelites were head, they knew that this Messiah was coming. Oh, he was greater than any king. He was greatest. He's the prince of kings. He's all of these things. And yet when Jesus came the humble way, Tom, they didn't know what to do with him. They just stepped back. They were seeing something they never saw before. Isaiah wrote about it, but they just ignored those things. They were still looking for that king to reign and rule. They weren't looking for a savior that was going to lay down his life and die. He wasn't after our outside problem. He was after the inside problem right here in your heart. We had a heart full of sin that God can't have a relationship with. 
until we remove the sin and surrender ourselves to him. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I like that. Who's, who believed it? You know, a lot of them didn't believe it, Bobby. When Jesus came to his own, his own received him not. But to them that received him, he gave power to become the sons of God. Isn't that beautiful? Me and you got included in that. We are allowed to come and accept him. But his own turned him away. Not all of them, but the Jewish nation as a whole turned him away. They rejected him. Verse 2, for he shall grow up before him. He's talking about Christ will grow up before the Father as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. <coughs> he hath no more, no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. You can look at the uh, movies they make of Jesus, and sometimes they'll make him with shiny hair, and they'll show him with all of this uh, beauty about him, glowing from one. Unless, unless the scripture says, not necessarily was he glowing, he became one of me and you. He became common just like me and you. Wasn't raised in a rich home. He was raised in Nazareth. Born in Bethlehem. Didn't have no big look. He didn't have something that attracted people to his outside. You know we got a world full of people that attract you to the outside. We got a world full of churches that will attract you on the outside. Oh, we got to come up with something to do to make our young people want to come to church. No, you don't. You got to bring the gospel truth to them. Because until they decide, I need Jesus, they're not going to get better anyway. Verse 3. Listen to this, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. You mean the Messiah they've been waiting on? This is him? Isaiah is writing about someone that they're waiting for to take over and rule Rome. But listen what he says. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid his, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Esteemed means they didn't favor him or regard him. How many can hear the Pharisees and the scribes? They didn't favor Jesus at all. They looked for something he was doing wrong. They looked for something he didn't fit. And then as soon as they found it, they did everything in the world to cut him down. And they did. I want to ask you a question. Have you rejected him? Have you ignored him? Or have you accepted him? I'm asking you a question today. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been to church. I don't care if you was raised by your mom and daddy in the church. I'm going to tell you something. Have you rejected him in you? Or have you denied him in you? Have you ignored him in you? Because I think America's full of Christians that's completely ignoring him. 
sorry to say, they don't only reject him, but they're ignoring him. Or you can accept him. But when you accept him, you have to accept him all. You don't just take what parts you like about him. Verse 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. What is our transgression? Transgression means the breaking of the law. How many knows every one of us has broke the law? I ain't talking about your speeding. I ain't talking about running through stop signs. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about in your heart. You've not been obedient to God. You've missed the mark many times. Either you've committed a sin or you omitted doing what God told you to do and you're still guilty. I mean, here's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to throw darts at nobody. I'm telling you God's trying to tell every one of us, come to this relationship. You don't need things. You need me. World keeps trying to build up our scientists and our, our uh, Congress and all these, trying to build up all these things to fulfill you. Can I tell you, you ain't going to be fulfilled until you get a hold of him. He's the answer to your prayer. He's the answer to your call. He's the answer to the cry. He's the answer when you're sick. He's the answer when you're well. He's the answer when you're bored with this life. He's the answer in death. You got lost loved ones? I got lost loved ones. Can I tell you something? I can only cry to God. God, go to them. I can't tell them no more. You got to send somebody to reach them, Lord. I can't reach them. But you know where they're at, Lord, and you love them. And now I want my prayers to be heard in heaven. I want you to know, Lord, I'm grieving for them. Jesus grieved for us. He grieved for his own people when he stood and cried, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that killed the prophets. How many knows we're to follow his way, not the world's way? We're not to live in this hyped up world with all the hyped up things. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to say what, what you got to do. I'm just telling you, God wants your heart first. You have to put him first in your life. He was wounded for our transgressions, the breaking of the law that we did. He was bruised for our, our iniquities, which means wicked or unjust acts. The chastisement of our peace that brought us peace. The chastisement that was upon Christ. Listen to this. The chastisement is the punishment or the beating that he took. It was for our peace. It wasn't for his. He wasn't dying for himself. He was dying for you and I. He had done no wrong. He was obeying the Father to the last breath. Even when the Father turned his face. I read through Matthew 26 and 27. Can I tell you something? Read it yourself today. You can find stages of his suffering all the way from the garden to the very last breath that he spoke. Very last breath that he took and he said it is finished. He suffered all the things he suffered. 
on that day, Good Friday, they put him on a cross and he died. They laughed, they mocked him, they did all kinds of things to him. Who was he? He was the son of God. He was the very son of God. They wouldn't hear it. They wouldn't have it. Will you hear it? Will you have it? Because that's what Jesus is saying to us today. Are you going to accept what he did? Or are you going to reject him and ignore him again? It says he was, uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That means every time the whip struck him, it was for our healing. Every time the whip came across time, it was, to, it was for you and I, for our healing. Not just the outside healing. I know it's for our physical healing, but it's also for our inner heart's healing. We needed to be healed inside. He knew it. That's why he took it. Only one could pay a price. That was a lamb of God that was a perfect lamb. Had no sin. Only him. And I'm done with Isaiah. But in Psalm 22, Psalm 22, King David, it says, verse 6, But I am a worm. Listen to this. I know nobody wants to hear this. But Jesus, these are Jesus' way of saying it. I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. They hated him. You know what they, I told Shirley the other day, they hated Jesus. It's all, you think you want to know a little comparison? Compare it to hating Trump. Some people just hate him. I don't know that he was, that he's the best or not. But can I tell you, they hate his guts. They, I wish, they wish they could remove his life. They're working overtime to cloud up everything you're looking at. And I'm not even pushing for it. I'm just telling you what they're doing was what they did to Jesus. And he's not necessarily following what Jesus said. But I pray, our country's been praying for somebody to rise up and to take the stand that we know needs to happen. And if he's that person and God used him, God used Cyrus. God used different people through the Bible. weren't even Jewish people. He did it to do his will. It says in the next verse, verse 7 of 22, it says, All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delights in him. They start making fun of him. They start mocking him. They start going by and shaking their hand, sticking their lip out at him. How many knows? Always remember, he was the son of the living God. He didn't come for himself. He came for you and I. He come to pay a price for you that unless you accept him, you have no future. Your future is not good. You will stand before God and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Only way you can know to the, go to the Father is through the Son. 
I'm not trying to scare nobody. I'm trying to warn you of the days that's coming. None of us know how long our days are. John, the 12th chapter. In the 37th verse. Talking about the report. What is the report? Who believes our report? Who believed Jesus was the Son of God? Who believed it? Hardly anybody believed it when he walked this earth compared to all the people that he came for. And it says in John 12, 37, verse 37, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? There's, there are Christians here today that knows one day back in your life you had no idea where Jesus was. You had no idea you were lost and on your way to hell. You had no idea you needed salvation. But the Holy Spirit works through the church, works through people, begins to bring conviction upon you and you realize I'm lost. Who are they talking about? They're talking about me. I was lost and without God. Can you hear it? He goes on to say that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be said, which said, Lord, believe a report to whom arm revealed. Verse 39, therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, this is back in Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. It says, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts and that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. You say, why would God do that? Why would God call Isaiah, Isaiah was in the sixth chapter was carried up into heaven, saw a vision of the throne of God. Why would God say, you're going to go out and you're going to preach to these people, Israel's people, God's people, Israel. You're going to go and they, it says here, it says, he hath blinded their eyes. God has blinded their eyes, and their ears from hearing the truth. Why? Because they refuse God. They've already rejected God inside of them. Listen to what I'm telling you. They are living in sin, and God couldn't get, them to, couldn't get their attention. So he's got Isaiah the prophet crying out to them, and God calls him up to the heavens and tells him, go back and start preaching to them. And warn them of what's coming. So Isaiah's going to do it. He's ready. But God said they won't hear it. Because I'm going to blind their eyes. I'm not going to give you the blessing you want in your life. If you're going to live in sin. How about that? That's what he's really saying. If you're going to live like the world. Why would God bless you that way? God says you've got to separate yourself. You've got to call yourself a child of God. You better be a child of God. I'm sorry to tell you that's the facts. That's what our Bible teaches. That's what the Word of God teaches. That's the church's call to bring the truth to you. It's up to you. You know, I've seen people 
that gotten saved 30 years ago that hasn't made a move. But I've seen people get saved and all of a sudden they'll fly right by you. Look out. Why? Because they made up their mind. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I've been through too much. I surrender that old life and I ain't going back to it no more. Don't be mad at them. Get in line follow them. Get in line. Get hungry for what God's got. It says, these things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. I remember Nicodemus. He came to Jesus by night. But if he confessed that he was a follower of Christ, guess what? They put him out of the synagogue because they hated Christ. That seems to be our problem with our Congress. You can't tell somebody what's right. You either believe it like they believe it or you're out of here. We'll slander you. We'll do everything we can, including destroy your family, destroy your money, destroy everything about you because you ain't following the plan. That's what the Jewish people had come to. That's what the people that read God's word, they should have known the Savior was coming. Should have known that they needed a Savior. But they didn't, they didn't like what Jesus was doing. It says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Romans 10, there's two, three verses in Romans 10, verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? It's written again. Two times, Bobby, already now in the New Testament. It's written again, what Isaiah said. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh-oh. You can, you can get a hold of this. Get a hold of what I'm telling you. And if you hear what God is saying to you today, guess what? Put your belief in that. Say, Lord, if he's talking to somebody, he's talking to me. I'm guilty. And I'm not saved. I know if I die tonight, I'd have to face you without Christ because I don't know him. I've never surrendered my life to him. I mean, here's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make you join our church. We don't want your money. We're not after you about anything except you know him. God will do the change in you. God will raise you up and make you the child that he needs in this generation. You don't have to be like the Apostle Paul. You don't have to be like somebody else. you got to be like what he says be. Listen to the voice of Jesus. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, greatly is what he's saying. Their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the end of the world. Israel had learned about Christ's coming, but did not believe the report. They rejected his report. They rejected the Messiah when he came. How many knows Jesus knew they'd reject him? That's the reason he opened to me and you. That's the reason that it came on to the Gentiles. And he's going to deal with Israel once again.
I want to read this one place down here. 1 Peter 2.21. 1 Peter 2.21, if you've got your Bible, goes, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Do you know if you're following Jesus' steps? Or are, are you following the steps of what the world says do? Listen to me. You've got to hear what God's saying to you. This is not Tim Pruitt's words. It's Jesus' words. He's the one that set the example. He's the one that says follow his steps. We put that on my father's funeral, uh, down on his tombstone. It's written at the bottom. He said, come and follow me. And that's what Papa would have said to his kids or his grandkids. Take up your cross and follow me. Tomorrow, he'd be 96 if he was living. He died 12 and a half years ago, or what was it, 10 and a half years ago, whatever it was. But I thank God that he understood to surrender himself. He didn't live for this world. He lived for going home to be with Jesus. I thought of the song. If it had not been, no, if it's a, I can't think of it now. If that isn't love, how's that go? He left the splendor of heaven. Jesus left the splendor of heaven. Knowing his destiny, walked a lonely hill of Golgotha where he laid down his life for you and me. If that isn't love, then the ocean's dry and there's no stars in the sky and the sparrows can't fly if that isn't love. Then heaven's a myth. Think about it. Heaven's a myth? You mean there is no tomorrow? Yes, there is. If that ain't love, what Jesus did, there's no feeling like this. There's no understanding. I can't put it inside of you, I would. But when I tell you something, you can know that Jesus is in you. You can know you've been changed on the inside. I'm a new man. Jesus forgave me. The devil throws up my past, but I tell him, I'm going to be with Jesus. He forgave me. You can't turn me back around. I don't have to go back there. And some say it, when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. He don't have a future, but a judgment. Satan's in trouble. Don't pity him. You know what? He'd kill you, your children, and anybody else. He's God's enemy, and he's out to destroy you. It says, who did, now listen to the who's. Who, talking about Christ, did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he didn't threaten nobody. But he committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who, talking about Christ, his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. 
that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Don't let the devil bring up your yesterday. He's a liar. He's always been a liar. Come on back up, baby. Romans 4.25, one verse. Who, talking about Christ again, who was delivered for our offenses. Listen to me. He was delivered for our offenses. Your offenses, my offenses, all the past offenses, all the future offenses. Jesus was delivered for you, you and I. And he was raised again for our justification. Did you know when Jesus appeared after they had crucified him? Think about it. That was an assurance that the Father accepted the Lamb's sacrifice. He came alive again. Father couldn't leave him in the grave. He had done no wrong. He only took our sins upon him and died. Isn't that beautiful? How many knows God loves them? God so loved the world, he gave his only son. I'll tell you something. I, I was the quiet kid, and I, I always say this, but it's, it's true, but, and I'm not boasting about me. But I want you to understand, I was this quiet kid, wouldn't get up in front of nobody. And Jesus makes me stand here and shout about him. Why? Because something real about what happens inside of you. I can't keep quiet about it. It's alive and well. It humbles me. It humbles me when he answers the little bitty prayers. It humbles me because I know he loves me. I know he hears me. You know, did you know our elders need to know Jesus still hears them? Some of them go to the nursing home. Hey, can I tell you the elders, they just want to know Jesus didn't forget them. They love it when you start singing songs from the hymnal and they'll join right in. Sometimes when their mind's not even there, they'll join right in, begin to start singing those songs because inside of them, they've been taught about Jesus. This old body's letting them down, but they still know that Jesus is alive and well. Amen. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You can't say that about nobody else. Your mom and dad can't give their life for you. Jesus gave his life for you. He was worthy to give his life, to pay for your salvation, my salvation. He will take us home someday soon. It's coming. It's already written in God's word. Did you know Isaiah was written 700 years before this day ever come, before this cross, the day of the cross came, and yet it happened just like he said it would. Why? Because the Father sent Isaiah with the message. And I can tell you the Father is sending today the message of a warning. Get ready, I'm coming soon. Get ready, I'm coming soon. One last verse, Revelation 5, 6. This is Jesus in heaven. 
Now listen to me because we're going to be right there with him. Those that know him is going to be right there with him. It says in, it says in heaven, it says, I, And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth. Why did I read that? I read it because I want you to know the Lamb of God steps out and he has the authority to take the scroll from the Father's hand and to bring judgment upon the enemy and all that's followed him. But we, God's church, beginning at the fourth chapter, we are taking up. We're taking up. We're in the presence of him. When it talks about the elders, it's talking about us. It's talking about the church. Jesus is going to come back and bring the church to heaven. And when, they, when he steps out, because John wept because no one was worthy to open up the, the book and look in it. But all of a sudden, the elders said, John, look. And there he was. Behold, the Lamb of God. And he was worthy to come up and take the scroll from the Father's hand. Why? He paid our price. If you give him your life, give it to him. Don't give him part of you. You can trust him in your marriage. You can trust him in your raising your children. You can trust him when you're sick. You can trust him in all areas. He's complete. And everything he did on the cross pays your price and mine. Now, I'm done. Can I tell you, that's what God gave me to talk to you about today. Now the rest of it is up on you. I'm sorry to tell you. The rest of it's on you. Why am I saying that? It's your decision. Will you accept him? Will you ignore him? Or will you reject him? you got to ask yourself that question. I'm glad God gave me a wife. You know what? We had to work our problems out over the years. And you know what? I got a friend. I've had a friend for almost 50 years that I've been married to. Isn't that precious? I call it a blessing. Sometimes I need help with my blessing. But can I tell you, I call it a blessing. It's a great thing. But can I tell you something? I don't care what you face in this life. If you'll get a hold of Jesus and put him inside of you and you walk with him, you'll find those little blessings that he keeps answering and he keeps talking to you. He keeps moving in your life and opening doors you never saw before and opening up his word that you can understand it. It's a love letter written to you personally. And he'll speak to your soul. He's the watcher of your soul. He'll keep you. If he can save you, he can keep you. Hear me. Everybody stand if you will. If there's one here that needs to be saved, you come. Somebody will pray with you. It doesn't matter if you know the right words to say or anything. Don't you know Jesus sees your heart? All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm coming because I need my heart changed. I need my life in your hands. That's what he's calling.
If for any other reason you need to have prayer, you come. First, I want those that are unsaved. I want you to know the door's open. There's not a person here that got this when we were born the first time. We had to be born again to know we're a child of God. Every one of us came to the day when we're guilty before God. The fork in the road in your life. You know what I'm talking about. Praise God. While they sing something, you come. was a stray from the heavenly way I was wretched and blind as could be but my Savior in love gave me peace from above when he reached down his hand for me. Oh, when the Savior reached down for me, he had to reach way down. tempest to him I can cling oh now I rest in his arms safe secure from all harm when he reached down his hand for me oh Savior reached down for me. He had to reach way down for me. Oh, I was lost and undone without God or His Son. I know, I remember being a young person, and I know a lot of times you just kind of go along with what everybody else is doing. There comes a time in your life. It came to me when I was a young person. I came to that fork in the road where all of a sudden I realized I couldn't be a part of something that wasn't in here. I needed Jesus. And I fell under conviction. 
and I ran from it for a while. I would hide down around the corner and watch Dad and I'd watch Dad's car leave to go to church. And then I'd just stroll in like, oh, I just missed him. My mama looked at me and said, I know what you're doing. Moms know their kids. She knew I was under conviction. God knows where you're at. Wouldn't it be sad to spend your whole life going to church and miss heaven? You know what? I want to look around and see those that I see here today, those that have stood with their hands, raised in praise to God, those that have hollered, amen, those that have got down and prayed. Don't let the enemy destroy your life. Surrender every day. Repent every day if you have to. But you got to make it to heaven. you got to understand that what Jesus paid for, you need it. It's the only thing you really need in this life. All the rest of it is temporary. You can look at it all. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be left behind. Told that salesman over there, whether I have a truck or not, it ain't going to heaven with me. I'm going to heaven when this life is over. Isn't that good? Ain't it beautiful that God can confirm that in your heart? He can. It's personal. Let him have your way today. While they sing one more chorus, then we're going to close. This altar is always open. Even when they close, if you want to come and pray, you're welcome to come. Praise God. My soul does rejoice since I've made him my choice. In the tempest to him I can cling. Now I rest in his arms, safe, secure from all harm. Since he reached down his hand for me. The Savior reached down for me. He had to reach way down for me. I was lost and undone Yeah.